Welcome everyone to Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. I'm Ron Corning here with the Hodges Brothers, and we are talking midterms and your money. Um, there are a lot of people, guys, out there who believe whether things go one way or the other, the sky is falling, the bottom's going to drop out. You say what when it comes to pinning your hopes of the future and the markets on whoever's running this country? Craig? I would say don't use your politics in your investing. Uh, they're totally different. They're, they're only related in a short time period. And so people really oversimplify that. Um, there is some really, really good data about midterm elections and they, the market doing very, very well. In fact, in the, in the last 21 midterm elections, there's only been 21 since World War II, uh, from the midterm election, go to the next 12 months, the market's never been down in that period. The market is, is, is up remarkable. after a midterm election. Yep. All, all 21 of the last since World War II. Yeah. Um, it, it would be interesting. I don't know the answer to this. In, in how many of those cases, in recent memory, I know how many cases where we had uh, the House and the Senate and the White House, one party or the other, and midterms usually bring a shift, right? Those those seats turn over to the other party. Um, that Clark, in essence, some would say creates a checks and balance. Others would say it creates gridlock. Is that what the market's reacting to? The fact that we sort of stabilize and nothing extreme happens one way or the other? You've heard the term gridlock is good when it comes to investing. And after Labor Day and then after September, if you see the market go up in October, the, the market may have figured out who they think is going to win, and that could be a possibility. So if, if gridlock is good and the market thinks that the gridlock is going to happen, that could be what's going on because the market is a forward-looking uh, Yeah, the market loves stability. And if you have gridlock and there's not going to be any new laws, there's not going to be new taxes, not going to be new regulations, those things, the market can actually assess how to invest the, the, the capital that they do. And it's a much more healthier environment. That sounds a little bit like speculation. In other words, based on what's happened in the past, here's what will happen in the future, that one thing correlates to the other, that if there's a, a shift in power in this way that kind of is either balancing things out or it's gridlock that the markets behave a certain way. But isn't the truth that every day there are changes subtle or not so subtle, changes we know about or don't know about um, in the business world that really dictates how well a company or a sector does, regardless of what the politics of the country are. That's very true. Yeah. Mar stock market and, and stocks trade off of earnings and free cash flow. Period. Um, regardless. A, yes. And, you know, for, for short periods of time, it can trade off other things. But ultimately, that's what that's what it, it trades off of. So. And ultimately, business, commerce, the economy, the exchange of currency, all of that happens regardless of who's in charge anywhere in, in the world. So why then do we create all these conversations around speculation or some people might say others are prone to panic, depending on what they think is going to happen? That seems like a lot of hyperbole because candidates on a campaign trail can say almost anything, Clark. But the reality is uh, it takes a lot more for real change to happen. Right. Keep in mind, campaign promises are just that. They're campaign promises, because once you get to Washington, even if you win, you've got a lot of people to convince to get it exactly the way you're saying it. And there may be a version of what you're saying get passed, but usually it's watered down. So. 
you know, in our world, we're looking at stocks and we're looking at investment management teams who have the ability to take on changes in the world, changes in the country, changes in their industry environment and still make a profit. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we focus on instead of who's running the Senate, who's running the House and who's the president. Well, it's interesting because there's a case to be made that President Biden's Build Back Better plan was incredibly robust, you know, up in the trillion mark right, or beyond, trillion plus, and has been whittled down to parts and portions of what that plan originally was. But is it not true that the passage of that does mean that there are going to be areas and sectors and certain businesses that will see an increase? We talk about road construction, like what does that mean for the companies that produce concrete that are publicly traded? That's a a great point, Ron. Uh, That's one thing, that's one theme we have here is that you know, early part of next year, there'll, there'll be some major projects funded in the infrastructure world. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned c- cement, uh, road building, uh, new, new bridges, uh, rebar companies, steel companies. There'll be a lot of those companies that are funded big, big money. And so that's that's a theme that here at Hodges that we, we feel like we'll be able to take advantage of. That's an area we know very, very well. I also wonder how mutually exclusive somebody's strong political leanings and beliefs are compared to how they actually invest their money. So continuing with this example, somebody wasn't for that plan, but they can't deny now that it's been passed that there are areas of growth that they could experience with their dollars. Have you had a client say, I don't believe in that legislation, I don't believe in that spending package, therefore I don't want to invest in, in, in this cement company when you advise them that it's a great growth opportunity? You know, I've never had that situation arise where, they, where they're talking politics before the investment like that. So you rarely get to that level with individuals that say, hey, because of this bill passing, I don't want to own cement company XYZ. Because it, it, once again, it's all, all about the profits. And I think at some point, they choose the profits over their political leaning. Well, there are people who I know are environmentalists and they're not going to want to invest in companies that aren't environmentally friendly by their measure. If Even if you say to them, but wait, there's a great opportunity here. We've seen a great return for our clients and we still like that company or we still like that stock. Have you experienced that at all, Craig, in, in your many years of, yeah, of advising and, and people? If you, and it, it, it's a slippery slope, but the whole ESG, uh, investing has turned out to be a real disaster. Um, the people that were raising big, big money to invest um, in those, you know, type of companies, they've done extremely poor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of debate what, you know, what's going to happen there. So, you know, you really, that's just another example of trying to keep your politics out mm-hmm. of your investments. And really, we all, we all, we all just want to make money, right? That's what, that's what, and we want to do it in a good you know, way. And if, mm-hmm. if a company has a bad business that's not good for society, ultimately that stock will be discounted in that regard. So we're sort of saying two things. Some people do have a real moral objection to certain businesses, certain industry, and therefore they don't want to be um, invested. And generally speaking, other people sort of will vote their politics, but not necessarily be that discerning when it comes to where their money goes in their in their retirement account. And I would say a moral objection is a little bit different than a political leaning. So you do hear you do see more moral objections to owning a certain company. Interesting. And people voice that or do they just say, mm, I'm not interested in that and they don't explain why? 
Oh, they'll voice it. You know, it, they'll definitely voice it. And there's organizations that only invest morally. So, yeah, it's definitely a bigger thing. And I would separate the two, moral versus political leaning. Mm-hmm. You, you may not, but I, I think that's a difference. Does it surprise you the data you just gave me, Craig, that 21 midterm elections since World War II, the year after that midterm, the market only goes up, that still we have these conversations? Is that just because much like Washington likes gridlock, the American people just like to have something to talk about that's divisive? Yeah, I think I think politics has become a political, I mean, a, a, a basically a sporting event and everybody mm. has their team and, you know, your team can do no wrong, um, you know, on both sides. But yeah, basically, you know, I've seen some of my clients over the years say, I don't want to invest in fossil fuels or mm-hmm. I don't want to invest in alcohol stocks or, you know, gambling. And you've seen, you know, a lot of those. And the, those are choices that I totally respect and we can absolutely work around those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what we're trying to do here is find great companies that are, that are going to have above average results mm-hmm. that will make, you know, like I mentioned, earnings and free cash flow. Right. And if you find those companies... Um, and the businesses are good and not just good uh, for the investment, but also good for society long term. I think you're ahead of the game. Well, isn't that where you all come in, though, when things do get heated and things are divisive and legislation is being passed? That's where you all sort of bring to bear your expertise on this legislation means X, Y and Z for these companies over here for the better or for the worse. So you either get defensive and you get out of certain companies because you feel legislation is not in their favor or the opposite is true as well. Yeah. And that's where the research comes in. We spend a lot of time and effort, you know, listening to, to political esper- experts that can tell us a lot that's going to happen in Washington. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are our, our six person uh, analyst team. You know, they're making twenty five hundred company touches a year and they're digging into these companies and figuring out what their businesses and how regulations are going to affect their businesses going forward. And we're looking for trends and we're looking for things that are that are that are slowing down and and going out of favor. So that's Mm -hmm. that's whole that's all part of of the research process and the investment. I'm curious to know, and and I don't mean to put you on the spot if, if, if you don't know, you don't know right now. But is there anything that's sort of being talked about in your world as it relates to where legislation or policy may go in the future that you're sort of sitting back and waiting and watching saying, if it goes this way, it's good for these companies. If it goes this way, it's not good for these companies. Clark, anything come to mind? No, nothing comes to mind specifically, but I'll tell you the infrastructure bill has been a topic in the market for years. It's not just now. Mm -hmm. And we've always told people, well, this cement company will do well if they pass an infrastructure bill. And for whatever reason, the last 10, 12 years, it's been on people's minds, but it's never happened. You always hear about the aging airports and the bridges and all that. But the infrastructure bill itself was the promise to maybe buy into some of those industries. Mm -hmm. When we see a storm, the likes of Hurricane Ian caused the kind of destruction that it's caused and reignite conversations about how insurable Florida is, how insurance rates will go up, the cost of of rebuilding. I'm wondering in all of that, a big news event that everybody's following and everybody's curious about, we all know someone who knows someone 
um, who's been affected by it. How does that impact how you manage money? Are you, for example, looking to certain insurance companies and saying they're going to get hit hard by this? This could be bad for their bottom line moving forward. Yeah, that's there's always factors and every storm's different. But you know, a lot of times if the storm is worse than expected, you know, those insurance companies take it on the chin. And what that means is they're going to have to raise their rates to everyone. So eventually it works out. Mm-hmm. But I can remember over the years, um, there's been, you know, home improvement stores like Home Depot have really fared well during storms like that. Or roofing companies like Elcor that we invested in probably 20 years ago, where every big storm you'd see, that stock would, would go up and you could almost time it. You know, it, it's a little harder. I know that in the, the, the Florida storm, there was one home builder that was pretty uh, prevalent out there mm-hmm. that's going to be affected, I believe. Uh, so so every storm is different. But you know, that's where the opportunities arrive. And if you know your companies and know your ge- you know, geographical you know, exposure where a lot of your companies are, you can take advantage of situations like that. Well, it's sometimes difficult to acknowledge that. And I know when you say take advantage, you don't mean it in a negative sense. You sure. just mean that despite the sad reality of what people are going through, they're going to be now buying and purchasing building materials on a large scale that would have never been purchased had the storm not happen. And the reality is it's your job to figure out what that means for the companies who are, who are supplying those building supplies, right? Absolutely. The Texas ice storm a couple years ago, everybody went out and bought a generator after that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that stuff does happen. Yeah. And they've spent a lot of money to put in permanent generators and so forth. Um, That's interesting. So, so related to that, and then we'll wrap it up, but related to that, has there been a company that has been a leader in the generator space born out of what we dealt with with the ice storm and and what accounts for that? Did they just do the best job marketing or did they just have more boots on the ground? Did they reach people first? How does all of that take shape? There's a stock called Generac that's been the big, you know, they've got the dominant market share. I see it and listen, I walked into my friend Julia's backyard and there's a Generac and I walk into another and there's a Generac. So they're the leader in that space. Were they before the ice storm? Yeah. Oh yeah. This has been going on for six or seven years. It's interesting. I heard the story probably seven or eight years ago and I remember hearing the story and it made a lot of sense. Um, And at that time there was a lot of California fires that were, they were having a lot of outages, outages there and they'd have rolling blackouts. And I, we, our, our analysts noticed that there was, a lot of them were buying generators. Well, that's just continued and continued. And like three years ago, that ended up being an incredibly hot stock that mm. went way, way above where it should be. It's now pulled back to a point where I think it's a great buy again. Well, we'll leave it there with a stock tip from <laughs> Craig Hodges related to Generac. All right. Thank you both very much. Always appreciate it as we talk about uh, the midterms and your money and how politics plays a part or not. I'm Ron Corning. Thank you for joining us for Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. We'll see you next time. To learn more about the topics we covered in this episode, visit HodgesPrivateClient.com. Continue the conversation on our Facebook page. Listen and download this episode and previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and on all other podcast platforms. Hodges Capital Management Incorporated, HCM, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. 
is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer, and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice.